Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOB and 97.3 FM in Washington. We're broadcasting from the Oak of Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram Fiat, WAOB Studio. Our first guest this morning, Vincent's Police Chief John Hillenbrand. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. How you doing? I'm doing <laughs> Simply sensational. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Now, let's see. Uh, less than 24 hours from now, you're going to be one busy man. We, we will certainly be busy at the police department uh, in all the school zones. So uh, it is the start of school for Vincennes Community Schools as well as the Catholic school system. So uh, we will certainly be out and about and be visible in all the school zones around the schools. So trying to keep uh, everybody safe and hopefully... Uh, making drivers more aware of their surroundings because we do have a lot of children that walk to school in our community schools so we just we want people to be aware slow down um it's it's the sun is coming up early in the morning there's a lot of things that can distract drivers so we just don't want any accidents okay uh, we're going to start with i know a lot of times we focus in on uh, clark and lincoln which we will because we need to. Certainly. But, uh, but I'm going to start with the elementary schools. Uh, first of all, a lot of kids go to the bus stops at like 6.30, 6.40, you catch it. It's dark. Yep. Uh, you got to be careful with them. Absolutely. You know, they're, uh, they're out. They're excited to start school. They're uh, not necessarily just standing at the bus stops. They're moving around, throwing the ball, kicking the ball, whatever. Uh, and sometimes they do end up venturing out into the street. So need people to slow down be aware those kids are out and about uh tomorrow morning and and throughout the school year so please be aware okay and that's the thing is well first of all i don't know if they're all excited about going to school but some of them probably are well I, you know the, the younger I, ones yes the younger ones yes I sure think. certainly <laughs> certainly those usually at the elementary uh, age level they are they're very excited okay uh but anyway then there are those who are going to be walking to school there are there are crosswalks. Yep. Pay attention. Yes, and uh, pay attention to those volunteers that are out there working the crosswalks. Uh, they'll be in reflective uh, vest as well as uh, having stop signs and things like that to help traffic control to keep our young people safe. So be aware. Uh, follow their instructions. If, if they walk out and have a stop sign out, please stop. Please be patient. It's sometimes not the easiest to herd a group of young people across the street so just everybody needs to to be a little more patient wow uh, that's true that's true and again those are the ones walking i want to say this and this this is in regards to everything put the cell phones away please please put them away just put them away now when you go out and drive yep for sure i mean i know that, you know even if you know i don't Oh, I, I got a hands-on device. Well, still, you got to pay attention. That's right. I mean, yeah. these are kids. Come on now. Be, a couple of minutes is all we're asking. That's that's right. I mean, Vincennes isn't that large. It's not like Indianapolis where it takes you 40 minutes to get to work. Uh, you know, usually you're anywhere across town in, in seven minutes. Obviously, sometimes with a stop train that we tend to come across every now and again in Vincennes uh, makes it a little longer. And also, I want to bring out uh, stop arm on school buses. When that stop arm is coming out and the bus lights are flashing, 
please, please, please stop. We have kids crossing the street in both directions. Uh, once the stop arm is out, that means to stop until the stop arm goes back in. That doesn't mean stop and then continue. You have to remain fully stopped until that arm has gone back in to the school bus. So that way, uh, all the kids are safe in the location that they need to be. Okay, good, good. All right, glad you brought that up as well. All right. Yeah. Okay, now we'll talk about the biggest challenges. And without a doubt, the biggest challenge is Clark Middle School. But let's look on the bright side. We have Main Street open now, okay? Main Street is open. That's not a, that's not a hurdle now. It is not. No, so uh, hopefully we can get people to uh, exit Clark Middle School, go towards uh, Alf Richard Bauer onto Main Street and go back to town that way. That alleviates a lot of issues there at Richard Bauer and Hart Street and in front of Lincoln High School. Okay. All right. Now, I know VCSE has uh, videos out there that show you how to do it, how to get off. You know, a couple things. Number one is parents who have sixth grade kids. This, this is new. This is a new place. A lot of them I know want to pull up. First grade, first picture in the new school. Take them before you go. Yeah, take for them sure. to the house. Yep. You know, you'll have plenty of times to get a picture at Clark. Drop off is not the time to do it. No, it is not. And uh, Clark Middle School does a very good job of having uh, teachers and staff out there helping direct people to uh, a place to pull over safely, drop their kids off, and then continue back out onto the road. And take it from a, a parent, another one across from me, who said we've had kids go through Clark. Uh, if you got to be at work at 8 o'clock, this first couple of days, you might want to be leaving like 7.30. At oh, absolutely. And maybe even at the latest, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a chore. Richard Bauer is going to be backed up a little bit. It is. People are going to go right. They drop off. They're going to swing out. And yes, and we'll have officers out on Hart Street helping direct traffic. Uh, to help that flow go smoothly and keep people safe. So I want people to be aware to please also be aware that the police officers are out there. Slow down. Uh, we don't want any of our officers struck by someone that's uh, running late or for any reason for that matter. Uh, but yes, so pay attention. Uh, they're going to help with traffic to try and keep that flow going nicely off of Richard Bauer and, and out of Lincoln High School. So uh, as well as letting our school buses out because they have to, you know, get out of, of the schools and get on the road to pick up and drop off students. Yeah. Now Clark does have the drop off on the backside for the school buses. So. Yeah. The school buses for Lincoln and Clark are, are on the backside there and officers are out there uh, when the buses are full to help them get out safely onto Hart Street as well. And I think another challenge is after you drop somebody off and you go left at Richard Bauer Drive and you come out and want to go left on Hart, it's, it's, it's going to take a little time. It does. And, uh, you know, I, and I would encourage people to maybe if you're normally going to turn left because it is the typically the quickest way to get to your next location, maybe turn right, alleviate some of that traffic. It may take you an extra minute out of your way, but uh, it will definitely help with that flow of traffic. Okay. And those are going into Lincoln High School. It's probably not as bad because you... Actually, you can enter through Hart Street or Richard Bauer Drive, right? 
No. So uh, no, when no. they're going into school, they will go Hart Street to Richard Bauer and then enter off of Richard Bauer. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, all right, okay. And all then right. parents that are dropping off will come out of uh, Lincoln onto Hart Street. Good they're point. at the front of Lincoln High okay, School. Okay. Okay. I forgot about that. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's why he's here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to me. Listen to the man who's in charge. Yes. All right. You know what? But here's what's going to happen. It's going to be, there's going to be confusion. Yep. First couple of days, I guarantee it. And I tell you, you know what? Probably one of the most difficult areas is Franklin Elementary. Oh, we haven't got to Franklin yet. Yes, yes. Oh, my. That traffic is uh, always extremely backed up, and people are parking on the sides of roads, and uh, it's, it's just a cluttered mess. But if you be patient, you will have no problem getting through there, dropping your student off, and getting back out. But give yourself more time because especially the first couple of weeks of school, we have new parents, we have new students that are all learning uh, how to do it, where to go, and things like that. Well, and especially in the elementary schools because you have real little ones and you have the the fifth graders as well. So, you know, and there's some parents who are, who've done this for years, nah, but they got to realize we have first time parents doing it. Have some patience. That's exactly Never right. Remember when you were first time? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I remember I, I shook my head when I was going to Clark and the thing I really ran into problem was where I live is I go past Franklin elementary school to get to Lincoln high school. So, I mean, I was getting the double whammy. Oh, absolutely. But that's, that's okay. Yes. That's okay. Cause it's just going to take time. It does. You know, and it I, does. And I'm gonna, I know I sound like Pollyanna on this, but, but we've been through it. It's just give yourself extra time and breathe. Don't get mad at the kids if they're getting excited and wanting to get out. I mean, just let the process take effect. That's exactly right. That's, that's a perfect way of putting it, Ed. You know, there is a process in place. Just let it play out. Be patient. It's all going to work out. You know what's really amazing is, Sometimes, and, and this is this is really cool, is to see the superintendent, Greg Parsley, he'll be at different schools throughout. I mean, he sits there and he sees what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, he, he'll go to the middle school, he'll go to the high school, he'll go to the elementary schools. So he gets an idea, too. It, it, is, it is absolutely nothing to see Mr. Parsley on bus lots, uh, out where uh, parents pick up, uh, making sure that people are safe, making sure that things are moving uh, swiftly as possible. It, it, it's it's pretty amazing that we have a superintendent that is that invested, and and he travels to the different schools, so right, he is right. out and about, and oh, he knows how important these first couple of days are. Certainly, uh, he I does. Mean, you know, and, and the teachers will help, staff will help. I mean, so just again, give yourself extra time. Yep. Breathe. Get a good night's sleep tonight. <laughs> That's very important. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break and we'll have more after this on WAOV. Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger here on WAOV. Vincent's Police Chief John Hillebrand, our guest this segment. First day of school. Well, we've already seen North and South Knox. They start on Tuesday. They did. But the city schools, the Catholic schools and the public school here in Vincennes, Vincent's Community Schools open tomorrow. Yes. And I think... You know, what's really neat is I think we all have a calendar that we follow. 
And now, even though we don't have kids in school, our, our life is always going to be what's, what's going on at the school is how we predicate what goes on. That's exactly in right. In fact, I was already looking at my calendar and saw that uh, before we meet again next month, Homecoming. Homecoming. <laughs> I know. It's going to be the week right before, right? Yes, before it week. is. Can I'm, you believe it? I think September 8th, I think Friday, right. September and, and 8th. You'll, and you'll be here on the 6th. No. No, you won't. No, it'll be after. It'll be after. Oh, yeah. Well, we better talk some homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe we're, we're at the beginning of the school year? Tomorrow it starts, and already a month in, we're going to talk about homecoming. You know, so. you know something, Chief? I really, really need to take a class on how to read a calendar i do i mean i'm serious oh my goodness yeah i live by mine anymore with oh. with the position that i'm in now uh with everything i i've got my desk calendar i've got my calendar on my uh, phone so uh, i'm checking it constantly oh my goodness you're right yeah, hey, the, we're not... the, the chief comes on the second Wednesday, and the second Wednesday will be after homecoming. It will be after homecoming this year. Yeah, it's the eighth. But so what's so hard is you have that Monday off of Labor Day, then yeah. you got four days, and, and, and then, you, you know what Lincoln does at homecoming. Oh, so it is it is a party in this in this town, which is fantastic. It uh, is amazing uh, the oh way my. that we celebrate our graduates every year. So so how many weeks out then? Is that four weeks out? Is that right? something like that yeah yeah well i mean so are we ready for homecoming (laughs) (laughs) you know regardless if we're ready it's coming quickly yeah it yeah it is and it's also the way the football schedule falls and stuff it is you know and so it just happens to be the night so early homecoming means means when they get school thursday they're starting to think homecoming so oh yeah it's gonna be uh Mm -hmm. just yeah hit the ground running yeah Thank God this wasn't last year because you had to be out there. Oh, as a dad. That's exactly right. So wow, you know you're right. The officers get involved with this, with the parade and everything. And Absolutely, nobody does a parade like Vincennes. That's that is very true, and no one does a homecoming like the <laughs> Vincennes Lincoln analysis. Oh my goodness! All right. So anyway, that's just something that. Uh, Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, thanks. So, Okay, let's And now have... both my daughters may or may not be back for uh, homecoming since they both graduated, and I'm an empty nester, and so, yeah. Okay. Lots to go on. Oh, well, you'll have plenty of information to talk about then, so. <laughs> yeah, certainly. All right. Um, we, we just recently had the, the night out. We did. Okay, and how, how was that? Wow, that went over tremendously. We doubled the amount of participants uh, from last year. We had uh, a little over 600 people out at Rainbow Beach for National Night Out. And I just want to take this opportunity to thank those donors that helped make it possible, especially the City of Vincennes uh, Park and Rec Department. They had all of their lifeguards and staff out at the pool to make sure that those coming in, that 600 people, uh, were safe in the waters. We had no incidents. Everything went fantastic. Colonial Assisted Living, Ewing Printing, Frito-Lay, Holmes Plumbing, Lewis Bakery, Pepsi, Rule King, and Walmart. So without all of those donors, it would not be as great of a night out as it was. So we really appreciate all of those for participating and helping us throw such a, an awesome event. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was great. Great event. And it was. And I mean, and it was perfect weather. Um, 
like I said, 600 people there. We gave away bikes. We had all kind of giveaways. Um, it's just getting bigger and better every year. Yeah. I do want to stand corrected five weeks from homecoming. Is it okay? Five weeks. Okay. I just want everybody to know that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd be corrected if I... No, I just want to make sure that... But I, it's September 8th. So it is September 8th. It yes, is. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I do want to get back to school real quickly. We didn't touch on your resource officers. Yeah. Uh, who do you have? So uh, Aaron Luce is the uh, school resource officer out at Lincoln High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course... Is he, is he still going to do the social media? He does. He okay. does. Okay. Right. So uh, he's our public information officer, so he gets all that information out. Um, he just was on... Um, neighborhood watch uh getting information out there so um jack boger is still uh helping out as a reserve officer working for the vcsc as well as brian hagan um so we we everybody is still out there uh randy reinhardt uh as well is uh back at the vcsc and so and then we have uh, one new officer that's helping out from the sheriff's department this year as well, uh, who will be at uh, Clark Middle School. So uh, things, things are, uh, our schools are well protected, that mm-hmm. is for sure. Right, right. So um, they're there to uh, help be a resource to the school administrators as well as uh, the students. So uh, if, if any students have any issues, please feel free to encourage them to, to go up to the resource officers and talk with them. And uh, I know that they are certainly willing to do whatever it takes to make them have a great school year. Yeah, they have a great relationship with them. I mean, that, that's, there's no doubt about it. They so. really do. Right, right. Okay. We're, we're very blessed to have those I, resource officers. I didn't know Aaron was out there now. I mean, yes. I, wow. Yeah, and you know he's a, he's a little younger than the others. I'm not saying that they're old. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I, that might I, be a little bit of an understatement, Ed. I mean, uh, but well, you know what? I mean, it's awesome because he's also in, involved with uh, Alice's baseball, and he's an assistant coach out there for the baseball team. So uh, yeah, he he has a, a very large plate that he keeps very busy. So yeah, yeah. But I'm just going to say that the other officers are they're up there in age a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, but we all are, so I can't say Right, anything. right. <laughs> Shout out to Randy. He, he, he may have a few extra years than we do. Yeah, so. yeah. He's, he's yeah, you know, and the others were probably looking eye to eye. So, yes. Okay. All right. So that's good to have those then. And they it's are. good, the, the Sheriff's Department coming through also. That's yeah. good. That's a good mixture there. For sure. We want to we wanna make sure that uh, our, our goal eventually is to have an officer in every school. Um, but... It takes time, it takes resources, and uh, takes training and, and all those things. But uh, that is certainly a goal of the VCSC. It's a goal for uh, the city of Vincennes, uh, as well as uh, the Catholic schools. You know, we, we always check on those as well. So we have officers coming in and out of the schools every day, uh, including the Catholic schools. So it's nothing for parents to see one or two police cars outside of our schools. And that doesn't mean that anything is going on outside of the ordinary. It just means our officers are getting in the schools, being, uh, being visible and accessible to our students and staff. So we just want to keep people safe. All right. Let's talk numbers. I mean, did you report any numbers this past weekend? Uh, 
city council. Oh, wait a minute, they haven't met. Well, have so yeah, I do have some numbers. Okay, okay. So I changed it up a little bit. Instead of going from the time of the border works, just talking about the month of July. Okay, it'd be great. Yeah. So in the month of July, uh, since let's say July thirty first, actually since uh, July twenty fourth, we had. 6,020 calls to service so far this year. So so we're basically on track to have over uh, 10,000 calls of service for the year. Uh, just in the month of July, we had 1,004 calls to service. Of those, we had 45 adult arrest incidents, four juvenile arrest incidents. 31 of those cases were sent to the prosecutor's office for review for charges and three were sent to the juvenile probation department for possible charges. So the warm months are always the most busy months for law enforcement. People yeah. are outside, it's hot, it's irritable. Um, we just, we're just more busy during those times. I, I saw uh, something last week, it's kind of ironic. Uh, domestic violence nationwide goes up in June, July, and August. Too. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, it's just following a pattern. It does. It yeah. does. And and Vincennes, Knox County, is no different from no. the rest of the nation, uh, although we don't have the amount of a lot of other places it does increase for us over the summer. Sure it does. Sure it does. Okay, well, good. Thank you for the numbers. Where are we as far as personnel? Personnel. So uh, we have one officer that just got off his field training and so he'll be on the street uh, starting tomorrow and then we have another that is just a couple of weeks out from completing his training we are about ready to hire three more officers and we just had a hiring process and uh, it went very well and uh, we have an officer that's that's unfortunately leaving us to uh, go up to the city of Fishers, Indiana. And uh, we have one that uh, is kind of going through the process right now to fill that slot. So we are extremely fortunate uh, right now to be in the position that we are to have these openings being filled quickly. Mm -hmm. And then we have three more at the police academy that will be graduating from the academy August the 18th. Mm -hmm. And then they'll start their field training and then we should have them on the road by the first of next year. So lots going on, a lot of moving parts, a lot of exciting things. Okay, once again, pay attention. Kids are back in school. That's absolutely right. Chief, appreciate you coming in. We'll see you next month. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Stay tuned. More of the Morning Chat coming up on WAOV. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, and 97.3 FM in Washington. We're broadcasting from the Oakham Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat WAOV Studio. Rachel Spalding, Chief Nursing Officer at Good Samaritan Hospital, our guest this segment. And we're going to talk about virtual nursing good morning good morning thanks for having me i tell you what maybe we should have done this virtually hey you know that's a good point <laughs> no i'm not i'm not very technical so maybe we shouldn't <laughs> and that brings me to virtual nursing because we're going to talk about it is is this the big thing going on not only at good Samaritan hospital nationwide 
It really is. So, you know, as things have changed since 2020, we can talk about all the fallout of that for hours probably. But from a workforce perspective, um, we have to look at what are new models of care. So in nursing, we had what was called a primary care nursing model that really started making its way into the scene in like early 90-ish timeframe because we were used to, before that, team-based care which was an LPN, an RN, a patient care tech, multiple other people uh, caring for a team of patients. And then in the 90s, it was like, oh, primary care, that's the best care. So the nurse is the primary person taking care of, and they kind of eliminated that team-based model. But now we're back at a place where we need more caregivers at the bedside. So we've got to start looking at different models of care to fill in those gaps until we get back where we need to be. Now, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. You know, I've, I've had a, a few surgeries in my day and stuff. I always felt more comfort with the nurse than I did the doctor. And if I didn't understand something the doctor said, the nurse was the go-between. Yep. Help me out. What does this mean? Not in their language, in our language. You know. Yeah. And, and I'm just, but do we, are we going to lose that with being virtual? No. So the bedside nurse, the physical presence of a bedside nurse can never be replaced. Okay. So that virtual is not going to happen anything like that. No. So some of us know virtual care, right? Because we had telehealth appointments with our physicians or our our nurse practitioners. I just had one last week. Yeah. So a lot of people have telehealth appointments, but this is very different and it does not replace the bedside nurse. You cannot physically uh, replace that physical presence of a bedside nurse. What this does, it extends our team. So they become another team member of the bedside care team on an inpatient setting. So they really enhance the care um, that they get at the bedside, but it helps reduce the administrative burden that the bedside nurses are feeling right now. Okay. So if, all right, now we've got, we got two different areas here. we got the one who, I got a doctor's appointment. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it virtual. So I'm going to start with the nurse. Before mm-hmm. I even see the doctor. Yep. That's just like, like it was just a doctor, but just including the nurse. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of times where they'll send you something to fill out a form or whatever, get all that paperwork done, you know, four or five days before you even get going. Okay, so that's eliminated. So now your appointments are going to be quicker. You don't have to wait in an office. Mm-hmm. But take me from that point on. So let's say, I'm going to see a doctor and you're the doctor's nurse. Well, here and here's a big difference, Ed. So when you're talking about that example, that's your outpatient appointment with your physician or your nurse practitioner or your physician's assistant. Huh? This is for people that are inpatients in the hospital. Oh, 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 whoa, yes. whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. So, okay. But we also do, if you are at home, you can still get a, a yes. nurse virtually and talk to. Okay. All right, now we're in the hospital. We're yes, this is in the hospital setting on the inpatient side when people become patients in the hospital. So in other words, if I'm laying there and I have an accident or something, I, I just don't feel well, instead of hitting the nurse's light, do I hit a TV screen and talk to a nurse? No, so this is what it looks like. So what it is is that we have virtual nurses. They actually come through your TV. Uh-huh. Um, they can adjust the volume to make sure you can hear well. Hear well. And the, you know the call button that you have on your bed? Right, right. It has a speaker on mm-hmm. it so you can hear. They actually talk through that. So your bedside nurse will welcome you to the unit and say, Ed, you know, hey, I'm Rachel. I'm going to be your bedside nurse today. But you actually have two nurses during your inpatient stay. You have me at the bedside. 
and then you'll have a virtual nurse who will come through your TV that's going to be working with me to ensure that you have the education you need, they're going to do your admission process, ask you questions about current medications, and, and get to know you so that we can make sure that you have good comprehensive care. And throughout your journey here in the hospital, you're going to see a virtual nurse, and we're going to be ed helping you educate about medications, about procedures, mm -hmm. um, and then when it's time to discharge, we're going to be helping you with all your instructions, all, everything that you have questions about. And so I'm just an extension of your bedside nurse to make sure we get all your questions answered and that we make sure that everybody is really surrounded around you and getting you home and you getting better. Does this require special training to do this? Um, actually, from a virtual nurse side, so this is one other real important thing. These virtual nurses aren't random nurses working from their basements at home. Okay. They actually go to a virtual hospital. Um, the company that we work with is called Banyan. They have a hospital in Omaha, Nebraska, and one in Tampa, Florida. So those nurses go into to physical hospitals every day to work. And those nurses, they have a, a group of nurses that are trained just for Good Samaritan. They go through our orientation. They go through all the processes that we would for Good Samaritan nurse. And so they learn everything they need to know about Good Samaritan, about our culture. Um, and really, the nurses that come into work every day and see the same nurses that they work with on their unit, the same thing happens with the virtual nurses. They build those relationships and they know each other as well. What's really nice about this, and I can see this coming now, is it frees up that nurse from all that paperwork and stuff when they could be in another room doing something else. And right. I, I, and like I said, I've seen that in the hospital firsthand. And I know what you mean, you know, because mm -hmm. I mean, some of those questions and stuff, that could take an hour. Yes. Okay. And Absolutely. And so what we're trying to do is, is give nurses at the bedside who are physically mm -hmm. present more time to spend on the tasks that only nurses can do at the bedside with their patients and be able to create a more, uh, you know, just a better interaction with that patient um, so that they are fulfilled in their role as well as the patient feels that they're well care cared for at the same time. Well, one of the things, Rachel, that really always amazed me was, I don't know how many times I've been in a hospital that a, a nurse would be there. Um, so give them my medicine, okay? Mm -hmm and talking about something and somebody else will come in there hey can you check on so and so but i mean it's almost like i don't know how you could focus because you guys are being torn correct but but you know, nowadays you know some of this stuff could be done virtually yeah and the, these nurses they chart in our medical record so they chart in our electronic health record oh they um, do yes so, so they're charting in there so our nurses physicians other care providers of the team can all see uh, the documentation so it flows back and forth we can secure chat through um, our electronic health record and send messages to say hey will you check in on this patient um, we have a question about this so it really does improve the amount of time nurses get to spend quality time with their patients and that's what we know improves outcomes that improves you know we have less falls in the hospital we have better, uh, you know, uh, skin care, skin treatment, skin assessment. Um, you know, we reduce hospital-acquired infections. I mean, there's so many things because only the physical bedside nurse, um, they have a lot of those nursing-sensitive type of right, um, right. outcomes that they need to focus on. And so this gives them time back to focus on that. And, you know, we were the second hospital in Indiana to go live with this model. Um, we were actually a very early adopter. We went live March of 2023. Um, we were a very early adopter, second hospital in Indiana, and now we have hospitals from all over coming to do site visits with us because they're in the process of implementing the same model. So we actually are pretty, I mean, we're cutting edge with this, and we recognize, and my staff recognize that, 
you know, this really is a benefit. Some of them were skeptical at first, but after they realized what their role was, then that fear of the unknown of what that means, um, you know, really um, kind of dissipated. And they go, okay, I see where they fit in to this model. I see the benefit to patients. Mm -hmm. I see the benefit, you know, and, and so I think that's where we're at today. You know, I, I really appreciate you guys doing this because I know from a, again, a hospital standpoint, it's got to help. Now, how much software did you guys have to implement all over the hospital for this? I mean, I'm going to be honest, this can't be cheap. Well, you know, it's actually better than you think. So that's what was really surprising to me because, of course, I was saying, man, my nurses need consistent help at the bedside now, right? Because we know we have shortage. Um, it's always existed. It's, it's even more so today at the bedside and nurses. But what we saw was is that, you know, you could really get consistent help 24-7, and a nurse didn't have to wonder if I'm coming into this shift today, am I going to have the help I need? They know that they have some help consistently. So that was the number one thing. But then when you looked at overall what the impact is of this to patients, to nurses, but then we found out how real easy it was to, they use, they use the current smart TV. Mm -hmm. There's what they call a Banyan platform. It's a small little thing that goes on top of the TV where the camera is located. And really that was it. So, you know, on the other side, they already created this really plug and play kind of easy process. So for us, it didn't seem very um, labor intensive at all whatsoever. Does very it have, easy. Does it have to be initiated though through the patient or can a patient be watching TV, all of a sudden your virtual nurse pop up? Yeah, so what happens is, is so a patient can be watching TV. Um, if they're watching TV, they'll, you know, people have ring doorbells. So they'll get that wind chime on their phone, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a little wind chime noise and you go, oh, okay. So that's when the virtual nurse is knocking on their door <laughs> is that wind chime, right? <laughs> and so that's when they hear the wind chime and then they hear a voice that says, hi, my name is Rachel. I'm your virtual nurse. Is it okay for me to turn on the camera? Okay. So they're always going to ask permission before they turn on the camera okay. and then they come on the screen. Okay. Um, and that's real important for people to know. Give me an example where they, they continue this this day. I mean, I can understand the initial mm -hmm. um, registration, you know, but give me an example where they would maybe in a second or third day, if you're in the hospital, what, what they might do. Yeah. So it's, it would be very common for the nurse, the virtual nurse to be looking through your chart because their charge nurse and our charge nurse, they, they report off each shift or each huddle. And maybe they say, you know what, Ed, I just saw in your chart that you just got diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Well, that means they're going to give you some new medications. And so I want to go over first what congestive heart failure is. And then I want to go over the medications associated with that they're going to start you on to try to help treat your CHF. Mm -hmm. So those are the things they're looking for. New medications that have been added, new diagnoses that have been added to educate the patient and make sure, you know, they have all their questions answered. And, you know, for them, they go, the patient tells me, well, I don't... I feel like I can get all my questions answered. I'm not bothering the bedside nurse because I know they're busy, mm -hmm. right? So right. now they feel like they're getting more information. Um, and to this day, you know, we've not had a patient refuse to use a virtual nurse. Oh, why would you? Yeah. Oh, and, oh, and honestly, if anyone didn't want to use a virtual nurse, that is their right to say, I don't want to use a virtual nurse. And that's okay. Um, but, you know, they always ask permission. There's no recording that happens whatsoever. Uh, doesn't even have the capability to record anything. Um, so, so it is a safe uh, model to use from that aspect. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have the same virtual nurse? I mean, 
that you during your whole stay i know um, i know they have shifts too they've got yeah, to they, they yeah. can't be there 24 7. i would say you wouldn't see any more than two different virtual nurses maybe a third if we have you know if we've got really high census in the hospital and we're using more virtual nurses during that time then you might see but it's very common they see similar faces and when they pop on the screen um, it tells you their name all right right it shows the room number that you're in um and so you know who they are mm -hmm. uh they for first last name they're identified um, and so really they become part of your care team and um, they will they really become you know very much like a friend to them you know I call it the 730 pastime that's when the shifts change where one nurse will take the other nurse in and introduce you and he then give the history of what's happened the night before mm -hmm. they've had that little now you probably don't have that do you if you've got a virtual nurse or actually we do um so i can't figure it out <laughs> so so our charge nurses the charge nurse for the virtual hospital with our nurses uh, that are virtual and then the the bedside nurse they both have charge nurses they talk to each other and those virtual nurses participate in our care rounds and they participate in in shift huddles and handoffs of communication and so they are involved in that whole process mm -hmm. i just know sometimes it's not it's a comfort to have the same nurse on every ship which is virtually impossible anymore now because mm -hmm. they may be on your end then the next day they might be on the other side or whatever you you hope but some, it doesn't always work out that way right because that relationship sure. but but if you got a relationship now with a virtual they'll remember you and stuff and yeah and i mean and they're, they're charting your electronic health record you know very likely if you happen to be back in the hospital they can say oh hey mm -hmm. i remember i took care of you before uh, just like your bedside nurse could remember and you know i tell people um this is very common um that people are starting to accept the the telehealth the virtual types of care and i have been pleasantly surprised at how well this community has embraced the process and and the positive feedback we have got okay um, let's go one step deeper maybe yep. it's not to the point now but maybe it uh -huh. might be you know how sometimes a doctor will come in and for a visit sometimes there's no nurse with them they're just come in mm -hmm. is that a time that you stick the virtual nurse on to listen in and no. i mean because this is my biggest gripe is a lot of times you're, as a patient, you're so apprehensive on everything. The doctor's trying to explain, you need that other set of ears. And yeah. if you're by yourself, you're going to miss something. Yeah, and, you know, that's the number one thing that we really try to always be just very aware of is the communication because we all as the caregivers where at whatever our role is for that patient we mm -hmm. all have to be mm -hmm. on the same page we all have to make sure the patient understands what's going on what's the role of all these folks and are we all on the same page and so when that virtual nurse takes part they don't necessarily listen in when the physician's there um now if the physician came into the room right they will ask the patient do you mind if i stay on sure uh -huh. um, but what we do is um, we really have started uh, interdisciplinary rounding and so that means you have your physician, your physical therapist, respiratory therapist if needed, whoever, dietitian, mm -hmm. uh, your bedside nurse. So they're all rounding on their patients together as a team. Yeah. So that everybody can hear the message. Everybody can hear and make sure that they can answer their questions well, for the patient. And I say my the most frustrating yeah. thing, it's not the doctor's fault, is when you don't see your doctor, you see one of their coworkers or they're, they're in with the group. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, you know, I, I work with Dr. So-and-so. So they're looking at your history, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I'm not going to get the answers I want to get today, but you, you live with it. And they're, they're there for a good cause. But it's just always so nice, Rachel, just to have, and maybe it's because I'm not, my attention deficit is not great. 
You know, <laughs> I can never work virtual. I cannot work from home because I'd be working, my dogs would bark, I'd go up and see what's going on, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. hear the alarm go off. Oh, maybe it's, you know. Yeah. But sometimes in a hospital, though, you've got to really listen. Well, and it's so complex, right? It's so complex. You as a patient, most of the time you didn't plan on being there, right? Mm-hmm. You, there's a lot of things out of your control. It can be very scary. It can be very vulnerable. Feel very, you feel very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so those are the th- types of conversations mm-hmm. we have with all caregivers to say, this may be, this person's in a very vulnerable position. And I tell people, if you don't know the color of your eyes, you know, if you, you don't know the color of that patient's eyes that you just talked to, then that might mean that you weren't listening enough. So you right. really got to be intent about your listening skills. Right. And the thing with virtual nursing and the thing about today's modern technology with electronic health records is that you the hope is is that if everything is documented appropriately that we can always read that and be on the same page and explain to the patient what's going on saying hey you know yes i am taking over uh for this caregiver you know this is they have to go off shift i'm taking over but i want you to know that i've thoroughly reviewed your history this is what i'm understanding is this what you understand absolutely right absolutely and it's that whole approach of right. pulling all those pieces together and, right and that's what we strive to do and and it's it's difficult sometimes but we've got to do it patients deserve that i know and i think yep. it's just it's it's something new it's it just is. it's just something new but you know mm-hmm. what at good Samaritan hospital uh you know, I was at Loyola three years ago having heart mm-hmm. work. And, you know, I shared a room. We don't have that at Good Sam. No, I mean, we I mean, don't. I mean, you don't know the privileges we have at this hospital compared to other hospitals. And I think, Thank you I, think I think something like this is cutting edge. You've got to go with it. You have to. Well, we have to, we have to move with what the evidence is right. telling us. And mm-hmm. if I know I have patients who have better outcomes and I have nurses who have better work environments, I have to look at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went to the nursing staff and said, hey, tell me how you feel about it. What are your concerns? What do you what do you want to know? And we talked about it for nine months before we implemented. And so that's how important their voice is in this. And, you know, we this really is the future model of care that you will see in most hospitals. Unions getting ready to go live with it, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, there's some other folks that in Kentucky and different places, actually New York, that have um, learned vicariously through us um, <laughs> and are going live with the same model. Uh, finally, last question this morning is, is this available in every room or certain rooms? Or Great question. So for inpatient acute care, and when I say inpatient acute care, so that means our post-surgical unit. So, um, and what we call 4GM, our medical surgical unit, which is 3GM, and then our intensive care unit, um, which is 2GM. So just on right now in our inpatient acute care uh, beds, which are 90 beds. So right now it's implemented in 90 beds, but we're exploring um, how can we roll it out to some other areas. Other hospitals are using it somehow in their emergency departments. They're using it in their inpatient rehab departments. Mm-hmm. So those are future things we're evaluating to see if that makes sense for us. Right. Um, but the real winning story here, too, is that we started out with several travelers at the beginning of this year, and I'm down to one. Really? Right. So the stability of the workforce because of the additional help that we, you know, and how we've built morale and people are actually coming because they say, oh, use virtual nurses. I want to work there. So it's it is starting to turn some turn the right keys. Will this ever be an OB? An OB, you know, um, other hospitals have implemented it. No kidding. Yes, they have. Wow. So I don't know. Maybe. I'm just curious. Of all the departments, I thought OB might be the one that would be. 
Yeah, um, hospitals have implemented there, um, and I'm very curious. So the ones that have, I want to know more from them um, as I keep, continue to explore this model. Wow, this is great stuff, Rachel. And I'm sure we just touched the surface, but um, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate it. And uh, cutting edge, I love that term. Yeah, well, thank you for your time, Ed. It's always a joy to be here with you. All righty. Stay tuned. More of the morning chat the coming morning up chat on WAOV. Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, and 97.3 FM in Washington. Broadcasting from the Oakham Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, WAOV Studio. From Vincennes Rotary, Gary Hackney joins us this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. Great to see you. You too. You always like this time of year. School's about ready to start. Isn't you it? bet. Yes, I just came from the opening day meeting of all new teachers and staff for Vincent's Community Schools. Oh, but that's pretty big, wasn't it? They have over thirty new employees. Yes, I hear. It's I hear. Yep. Wow. Oh, but it's good though. It's good. It's refreshing. It's always that end of or beginning of school where you have that little nervousness, you know, and excitement. Uh, it's a really a strange feeling. Well, Gary, I've known you for a long time, and I've often said this. I just can't get the educator out of you, can I? No. I, I, people ask me about my career, and I tell them I'm a teacher. Right. And Ed, I mean, my first teaching job, fall 1973. That's 50 years ago. That was your first teaching job? In, in Rantoul, Illinois. I taught three years in Rantoul, Illinois, fourth grade, but my first job, fourth grade, 1973 so i am an old guy so i would have been a seventh grader <laughs> a lot of people weren't born yet <laughs> oh i know i come across those all the time that's what greg parsley told me when i told him that he said i wasn't born yet yeah yeah hey his big his big days tomorrow when they get the traffic problems <laughs> yeah no <laughs> kidding no kidding but anyway, it's it's good to have school back in, and especially for Rotary because you guys do so much for the scholarships. We, yeah, we do. We do. I mean, we have a huge, really robust scholarship program. We gave away twenty six thousand uh, dollars in scholarships and vocational trade awards. I always like to throw that in because that's a new thing we do. Uh, I was listening yesterday on to a little bit of national public radio, and they were talking about how many. Uh, awards now are for students that want to become a welder or an electrician or a mechanic and I think that's great because we need those people right right well you pushed that but it, you I mean that you're one of the first ones I ever yep. heard say that and yep, we you, did you know nowadays kids are going there and like I said not at it's you know four-year college not everybody's cup of tea no, no. They just want to get a, a vocation, mm -hmm. get a trade, and go mm -hmm. to work. And mm -hmm. believe me, there are jobs out there. Correct. Yeah. And, our, of course, obviously, I have to always say we fund that through our Rotary Raffle, uh, which is a really cool program. It's easy. It's quick. We have winners every Tuesday. Um, you know, we, we always promote that. It costs anybody that wants to purchase a ticket is $52. That's not a tremendous outlay uh i have 10 tickets in that drum and ed i haven't had a winner uh but i don't get fussy about that because i know it's all going to a worthy cause you know yeah. and the reason i say that's because people are like, well i never get i never win <laughs> well don't consider it as that consider it as your way to support what we do i say it's an investment yeah it, it is, is. it's it just investment in somebody's future you know, and if you and you might win might. you know Somebody's going to, uh, and if you win, your ticket goes back in the drum. Uh, the, the thing I wanted to come today and talk about in regards to Rotary was just the fact of 
what a benefit it is to someone who would like to become a Rotarian. Uh, and we're always looking for people that want to become Rotarians. And, and a Rotarian is more than just a name. It's more than just a Tuesday come to a luncheon and, you know, interact. It's being involved. We call it engagement. Um, and there are many, many opportunities for people who become Rotarians to be engaged in what the club is doing and how we reach out to the community, to, to the world. Yeah. So um, it's, I, I, I like the idea. I, the whole thing about Rotary and trying to get people to join, I, I think sometimes they get a concept of, they see who's in Rotary and it's like, God, that's a lot of professionals. That's a lot, you know, that, maybe that one's not for me. That's more for the, the people who have, you know, the, the high paying jobs and stuff. I'll look somewhere else. I would hope that we're not intimidating to that point. And I will, I will agree with you. To become a Rotarian, it, you know, you don't just become a Rotarian. You pay to become a Rotarian. There are dues involved, and, and there's a cost to you having a meal. Uh, so every every meeting that you come to, you are actually charged. It would be like going out for lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are quarterly dues that we pay into Rotary International. Uh, so, and that's one reason that we tell people, if you want to become a Rotarian, we really want you to become one uh, seriously. Right, right. The other thing is, and from what I gather, you better come to work. Uh, and yeah, but, you know, it's not big work. It's not hard work. No, it's not no, a lot I mean, of work. And, and you know, the, the old saying, you know, a lot of hands make, you know, f easy labor or whatever. That, that's not the right analogy. But um, just for example, coming up, and I'm, I was told to be sure and mention this, we have had a, a first responders luncheon that we typically do around 9-11. We've been doing that for about, I think, eight or nine years. And this year, the location has changed to the Riverfront Pavilion, but it'll be on uh, September the 12th, which is a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, that's our normal Rotary meeting day, and it'll be from 11 to 1. And so we will be serving lunch that day to what we call first responders, and that can be firefighters, police officers, ambulance um, people that work the desk at 911, um, just Anyone that is considered a first responder, uh, free lunch, it takes a committee to put that together, but it's not huge work. You know, we have, we break it up. You got people that come for setup. It's going to be a little more difficult this year because we are at the Riverfront Pavilion, whereas we were previously at Fortnightly, which already has tables and chairs. Mm -hmm, and so this year we're going to have some setup, uh, but we feel like it's also going to be easier for people to get in and out of the pavilion. Uh, a lot of times when the firefighters come, they they bring their big trucks, you know, and they, they park. I know almost every year when people come by the fortnightly and they see all this, like, what's going on <laughs> while we're serving lunch? You know, especially if you see smoke coming off right, the grill. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, I can see what's going on here. But it's uh, that's great. I, I think it's wonderful. You honor them. Yeah. Okay. Now, when I said you better be to work, I don't mean heavy lift. I mean, you better get be involved that's right yeah engagement we want you to be engaged we and, and and a lot of time we here's what we find Ed. people who come into rotary and then they don't stick around they're like you know there for a while and they're like, eh, it's not my it's because they haven't gotten engaged they haven't don't feel like they're a part of the, the team and so we really make an effort to mentor new members 
Uh, and, you know, if anybody's out there in Radio Land listening and they're interested, please contact me or one of the other Rotarians. And, you know, right now, you know, our district governor is TOC's own Shannon O'Toole. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can get involved in, in many ways, and there's a lot of ways to find out about how to become a member. She lives Rotary. You know that, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. No, she is really involved. Yes, I do. I mean, I guess we have a passion for it. She's got a passion for That's, it. I would agree with you. Yes, she has more of a passion for it than many of her fellow Rotarians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long have you been involved with Rotary? I joined Rotary in, uh, I, as I was thinking about that on the way here, I joined Rotary in uh, 2015 when I became the director of the Good Samaritan Foundation because it just seemed like a good fit. And the director before me had been a Rotarian. And so I thought, well, I need to step into that role. And I'm glad I did. Uh, and uh, I've been, I was president a couple of years ago. I've been in kind of in some leadership roles. I'm currently on the Rotary board. And, you know, Rotary involves a Tuesday commitment for our Tuesday meetings. We always have a great lunch. We always have a wonderful program where you learn something or you're challenged to get involved in something. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we had Tim Smith from the um, Township Fire talking about all of the things they do besides putting out fires Mm -hmm. and it's it was amazing and it made you feel very fortunate that we have that kind of coverage in our community Mm -hmm. so you learn something you have a time of fellowship where you're interacting and we do some fun stuff we have some drawings and you know we make fun of each other and you get fined and you can have happy dollars and all this sort of thing so it's kind of a fun upbeat and for people who are working the meeting starts at noon the meeting is over by one okay there you go. Can't beat that. Yeah. How's it changed in the years you've been on there already? Uh, well, we've changed locations. Uh, interestingly, we have never changed the date or time of the meeting. The Vincent's Club started in 1915. And my understanding is that from 1915 forward, their meeting has always been at noon on Tuesday. <laughs> Even Christmas Day or anything? Well, I mean, on, on those de- on those times, we were, probably wouldn't have the meeting. You know, we just wouldn't have it that time. But it's okay. on Tuesday. Rarely, I mean, in the, in the, what, seven years that I've been a member, I can't think of more than two or three times it hasn't been on Tuesday. If it can't fall on Tuesday, we just don't have it. See, that's the only holiday when I think through the calendar because it's not a set. It could be any time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know, our local Kiwanians meet on Thursdays. So in November, oh, when their meeting falls on Thanksgiving for that week, we invite the Kiwanians to come and be our guests at our club. But make them bring the turkey, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, yeah. that's, that's nice. Yeah. Get involved, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. How many members do you have now? Um, I believe it's 60 right now. It was 65. I think it's down to 60. We've got two or three people in the pipeline that we are vetting to become members. And I'll tell you, for people who are considering becoming a Rotarian, we kind of sit down with them and talk to them about the, you know, what's going to take. Uh, the requirements, you know, we don't, like I said, we don't want, we don't want you to be a rhino, which is rotary in name only. Okay. Uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, rhino, R-I-N-O. Who, who came up with I, that? I think it's been around for oh a, a long goodness. time. How, how wonderful is that? Yeah. And, and so, you know, and honestly, do we have some folks that just want to come to the Tuesday meeting and be a part? Yeah, we do. Uh, but I mean, we have, we're, we're getting ready to do a food drive. And so you, you know, you say, well, like, what can I do? Bring some canned goods. 
you know, get up, get up. There's lots of different ways that people can become Rotarians mm -hmm. and, and feel like they're doing something for the community. You know, service above self. Mm -hmm. That's our motto. <laughs> Rhinos. That's going to be with me all day now. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, getting back to uh, school starting and, and, and everything as far as uh, Rotary is concerned, that brings me to the Interact Clubs because they'll be forming here soon. You bet. I mean, now you're in all four county schools. Correct. I mean, you're, you're dominating the county. Correct. Okay? Correct. Okay, and uh, you got great response at all schools. What, what a wonderful thing for Rotary to do. Uh, interact and then they also have a club for students that are in college and so mm -hmm. we've been kind of working towards a VU club but uh, not only is it somewhat of a feeder system if you will but it gives those students great opportunities to do community service mm -hmm. and learn about Rotary at the same time and if you've never filled out a college application Get as much community service as you can. You've heard me say that before oh. many times. Community service is big. Uh, the fact that you've done some volunteering somewhere is big. And I always say, I, when I score them, I always look to see, what kind of work have you done? Whether, and a lot of kids will say, I can't work very much because of my school. I understand. But you can do something in the summer. You can do something after school. I, I think that it's important to, to, be, to show that you're not scared of work. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. So, I mean, even if it's uh, mowing grandma and grandpa's yard, I mean, it's work. I, I've read applications where somebody babysat a cat. No kidding. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot. <laughs> and I know a lot of kids involved in athletics and extracurricular, yeah. maybe in theater or yeah. band. Yeah. And we know that takes up a lot of time. Right. Well, and you know, we have the, the, young, we have the other Rotary Club in Vincennes, the Young Rotary Club. Yeah. And a lot of those Rotarians were Interact members when mm -hmm. they were in high school yeah you know when they first formed and and I'm, I'm ashamed to say it i really thought it was just good intentions but just a good time to get together and you know share stories mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and boy was i i mean crow mm -hmm. they are just absolutely dynamite they are i mean and they aren't a, they don't adhere to the rigor of every tuesday at noon you got to be there you know they don't do that they meet m maybe monthly. They meet in ver various locations. They sometimes meet at places where they can uh, have some refreshments and socialize. But when they do a project, man, they do a big one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's for sure. Yep. They said I'm too old. Uh, yeah, you, I think you, I think you can, can't be in there. Well, you could come to our club, Ed. I'd love for you to be in our club. But... Uh, yeah, I think you get kicked out when you're 40. Oh, I know. I, I passed, that ship has passed many, 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 many moons ago. Just ask my AARP card. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, do you like Do you like the way Rotary is going right now? I mean, we have so many clubs now. You mentioned the young. I mean, the, all the offshoots. Mm. I mean, is that good for Rotary? Uh, yes, I think so because Rotary is really its own entity unto itself, and it's so well established having started in Chicago by a guy named Paul Harris back in 1905. And, I mean, they, they have it down to a science. And there's Rotary Clubs literally all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, they have theme. They have a foundation. They have five, five or seven pillars. I can never remember. Don't, please don't make me tell you what they are, uh, that they stand for. Um, so it's very well established. And, I, and so, I mean, the other clubs are as well. But... Uh, and I'm, I don't. I became a Rotarian 
by chance. I mean, it's just as likely I could have become a Kiwanian, but the connections lined up, and that's what I did, and I had some friends in the club, and, and I joined, and you know, I don't regret it. Okay. All right. So anyway, a lot of things going on at Rotary, it sounds like. Um, when we, are the raffle tickets for sale now? No, that'll uh, probably begin, uh, I'm going to say, we'll probably start selling for 2024 in, I'm going to say, October. That's about the soonest we generally do it. We sell 1,000 tickets, and thankfully for the last three years, we've sold out. And uh, as you know, we give $250 a week away, and then the last Tuesday of the month, we do that prize plus another prize, which is usually the value is that much or more. So you, in a, in a four-Tuesday four month, we give away five prizes, and your name always goes back into the, to the barrel. Um, and generally, if you're a Facebook person, that drawing is usually live on okay. Tuesday at, you know, around 1230 or something. Mm -hmm. You can actually watch the drawing take place. <laughs> okay. Hasn't made my schedule yet. No, no, <laughs> okay. no. And, you know, I mean, it's sort of funny because there's always that moment of anticipation when everybody in the club <laughs> stops to see if it's their ticket that's been drawn out. You know, they have two, two things that make you happy. Number one, if it's a ticket you sold to someone. And number two, if it's a ticket that has your name on it. <laughs> because, you know, honestly, as Rotarians, we're – they do like for us to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. And do I sell some to myself? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> My name, Michelle's name. <laughs> oh, hey, it's all the same, right? Exactly. Yeah. She walks faster than you, so it's got to oh. be her name first. Okay? <laughs> that, and she's luckier than I am. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, Gary, because you can have fun and still make a difference, can't you? You can, and that's part of the purpose of Rotary. It's a, you know, I mean, we all we all have a desire, I think, to, to do something to improve the world, and also we have that need for fellowship, and so Rotary meets two, two of those goals for sure, uh, and then if you have a kind of a person that likes to be in a leadership position, you have that opportunity as well. So, yeah, it's just a, it's an all-round positive experience to be, I think, to be a Rotarian. All right. If anybody has any questions about Rotary or needs more information or would like to come as a guest. That, yes, contact me. Here's my cell phone number. I'll just throw it out there. 812-890-6580. Text me. Call me. If, if you text me, tell me who you are. Uh, and I'd, be, I'd love to have you come and be my guest at a Rotary Club meeting uh we're also always looking for people for programs so you know you may have something you want to share maybe it's something you do your occupation an interest of yours travel that you've done or a cause that you would like for us to consider supporting okay i had the uh, police chief on earlier five weeks till homecoming yes hard believe oh, yeah. hard yeah. believe five, week, five yeah. weeks our, our homecoming golf outing and you know i work for the vef our homecoming golf outing is one month from today right august 9th i know it's hard to believe it's earlier this year i know and I know. it's kind of snuck up on some people right well i mean german fest snuck up on us right i mean i mean everything's just coming fast i was talking to a parent this morning at lincoln a parent of a student at lincoln and i think she's a senior and he said not only is she starting school tomorrow they're also having a meeting tomorrow to talk about their float for the homecoming parade <laughs> 
So it's here, man. Hey, I got a daughter who's a junior sponsor out there, so I'm going to hear about it. You, you <laughs> definitely are. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, next Friday's a, or this Friday, first first football yeah. with North Knox. I know it's a scrimmage, right. but, you know, we're going we're gonna to be out there. Right. All right. It's coming fast, isn't it? Life's coming faster all the time. Gary, always a pleasure. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Ed. You too. All right. Stay tuned. Midday edition next on WAOV.